understand how I can take a dirty bird and I can rip its feathers off and I can batter it in beautiful sauce on both sides, throw it down in peanut oil that's boiling at 325 degrees, put it under six minutes of high test pressure and bring out a beautiful Chick-fil-A sandwich. But just because I do not understand it doesn't mean I'm not going to partake in it. Honey, tonight I don't understand how God became man and I don't understand how man can go meet God. But Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man will come to the Father but by me. So that guy doesn't understand how food is cooked? <laughs> is that what he just said? <laughs> Hi, my name is Matt, and this is Giant Electric Penguin, a podcast that people really enjoy listening to. Did I say my name was Matt? Because it is, and uh, this is the show. This is episode 32. Happy to do it for you. Uh, it is... Um, my great pleasure. <laughs> uh, no, it's my great pleasure to welcome you into another episode of Giant Electric Penguin, the 32nd episode. I'm going to open this episode with another story about something that happened downtown. Last time I talked about the downtown area of the city in which I live. I don't know why I'm trying to be so mysterious. I live in Raleigh. If you don't know where that is, uh, get your get your U.S. map out and look it up. It's in the south. It's in the region of this country we call the South. Uh, a lot of people have a bad impression of the South, and I don't mean an impression like "Well, howdy, y'all." Although that's a very bad impression <laughs> of the South. But a lot of people think it's a hotbed of of racism, and uh, a lot of they think it's overrun with with. Uh, MAGA assholes and red hats, and uh, a lot of people think it's it's uh, it's uh, it's like a, a playground for the for the uh, far right, and in a lot of ways they are not wrong, but in a lot of ways they are wrong because uh, the, the the South is much more than racism and MAGA hats. Look, we're not all Florida, okay? We're not all Florida. And I'm happy to say I live in a little little area of the South that that, seem, that seems at least on one level to be a little a, a stronghold of liberalism. At least that's the way I see it. At, at least we're not we're not hunted for sport. Let me put it that way. <laughs> we somehow coexist here in this little area we call the Triangle. But that's not the point. The point is I have another great story about something that happened in downtown Raleigh. And uh, so, and, and so here it is, uh, there was a, I was, uh, I was walking, uh, d doing my regular walk. Uh, you've heard about it before this day. There were no women with broken bones. There was a woman though. And she was having a very loud fight with someone on her cell phone. It was very loud. It was getting everybody's attention. We were all craning our necks to find out who was this woman, uh, having this fight on her phone and where was she? Because it sounded like she was everywhere. 
Uh, it sounded like maybe she was screaming into a bullhorn into her phone. That's how loud this fight was. And there were, there were a lot of swear words. And I'm not going to I'm not going to offend you uh, by uh, quoting this argument. But I was I was standing waiting to cross the street. And uh, the you know, the in the air, there's a cacophony of this woman screaming at someone on her phone, telling them where to go and what to do to themselves once they get there. And a guy standing next to me, standing next to me, he looks over at me and he says, you know what? Every day this place is getting more and more like New York City. And I went, what? <laughs> and I was like, like, it's getting like, it's getting awesome. Like, it's awesome. Like New York City, because um, that's not <laughs> that's not happening, really. Uh, no offense to uh, to Raleigh, but it's not it's not like a hip happening place to be. Uh, loud? Did he mean maybe it's getting like New York City because New York City's real loud? Well, you know, all downtown areas are loud. I mean, there's honking, and there's uh, you know there's ambulance and police sirens all the like you know throughout the day. There's people shouting at each other. This people shouting thing. It's like. It's weird. It's like people get somewhere with tall buildings and they completely lose control of themselves. Uh, I, guess, I guess what it is, they look around and they, they feel dwarfed by these by these skyscrapers. They realize, you know, they realize how small they are in the grand scheme. So they're flooded with the desire to yell and scream and bring attention to themselves. You know, I exist. I matter. That's why I think people are loud. And also, all the, like I said, all the sirens and honking. Gotta yell over that. Uh, I, 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 did, did he mean maybe that everyone is getting angrier? Uh, New York City, I think, is thought of as a, as a, as a place. It's, it's so jam-packed with people that everybody's angry. They're all jammed together in these subways. And they're hot and sweaty. And the, the, the stench of urine and, and, and weed is everywhere. And they're just letting that just, just angries up the blood. Uh, honestly, though, I was in New York City in July, and I didn't experience any sort of like rampant anger. I'm, I'm willing to guess that I lucked out. <laughs> Maybe I was just in the right places at the right times. I did witness an intoxicated man banging around a subway station. He was like slamming into doors and screaming incoherently. I think he ran into a wall at one point, but that was like the that was a one time encounter. Everybody was giving that guy a wide berth. We're like, hey man, work out your feelings, <laughs> whatever you need to do. Uh, and he didn't taint the visit at all. So, um, you know, I didn't see that either. But but I but I do think that people have gotten angrier. And I think, personally, my, my opinion is it grew out of the whole COVID lockdown. Uh, we were all forced to stay indoors. And then uh, finally, we're given this, the all clear signal. Uh, by that point, we'd all forgotten how to interact with each other, I think. And a lot of us forgot how to drive. A lot of people forgot how to drive when we were in lockdown. But yeah, the fundamentals of human interaction were somehow forgotten. But, you know, but I don't know. I, I wish I wish I would have asked that guy what he meant, that uh, that downtown Raleigh every day was becoming more and more like New York, because it certainly isn't culture. You know, the culture, you know, there isn't uh, there isn't a pizza place on every corner. And God, wouldn't that be great? And there isn't a subway system. And it's fun to tool around on that subway. I got to tell you. Uh, sometimes people get on when I, when I was in New York in July, did I mention I was <laughs> in New York city in July? I was, I was on a subway train and these, these guys got on and, uh, they said, uh, they said, I'm sorry, everybody, but we are very dangerous. And kind of a hush went over the subway car. I'm sure that I'm sure the residents of New York were just like, nah, they turned their, you know, music up. We're like, whatever. 
Uh, but uh, these guys were very dangerous because they were they were dancers and they did they did they actually did some pretty dangerous dance moves. They were doing some real Cirque du Soleil shit on the, uh, on the subway. But see that again, that was just pure joy. Um, I don't know. This guy had something specific in mind, I guess, or maybe he was just trying to I don't know make conversation, or maybe he had something very 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 specific in mind, like uh, used to not see women with phones. Only in New York City, am I right? That's another bad impression <laughs> of the South. But maybe that's what he thought. Maybe he's like, oh, yeah, every day it's getting more liberal. All these liberals are handing women phones at, at the feminist meeting. There's a big feminist meeting in the park, and they all got phones. And now they can call men. They don't, they don't just have to, have to regulate their yelling at men in the privacy of their own home. Now they can call men on the phone and uh, yell at them over the phone all day long. The, the ladies can just yell at the men. And never have to stop because feminism. Uh, but that didn't happen. He just said it to me and, and I just smiled at him. I didn't endorse his statement. Like, I did not. I wasn't like, yeah, you bet, buddy. Because I don't want to endorse statements that I don't understand, you know? He might have meant something, like I said, sexist or racist. And I'm smiling and nodding. He thinks uh, he's made a connection with a fellow uh, piece of shit. So I just smiled and I, you know, quickened my pace a little and distanced myself from from the comment, yeah, but uh, my my city, Raleigh, is uh, is not anything like New York City. I, I do like it here, uh, don't get me wrong, but it's nowhere near as exciting and alive as New York City. But we got some bad news at GEPHQ last week. Steve Harwell, former frontman of the pop rock band Smash Mouth, passed away at the age of 56, surrounded by his friends, family, and oddly, Jimmy Buffett's dogs. You, of course, remember Smash Mouth's hit songs, All Star and Walking on the Sun. They also did a cover of I'm a Believer. As a young man who came of age in the 90s, I remember Smash Mouth blasting out of the radio of my powder blue Chevy Malibu whenever I was tooling around town with my rowdy, degenerate friends. Smash Mouth was the soundtrack of our salad days. So we here at GP joined celebrity chef Guy Fieri in bidding a fond farewell to Steve Harwell. He may have retired from Smash Mouth in 2021, but that doesn't mean, quite frankly, is a Smash Mouth without Steve Harwell, even Smash Mouth? In this podcaster's humble opinion... Of course not. Friends of Harwell have been posting tributes online since his passing. I didn't have the pleasure of knowing the man, but I do have a favorite story about him that I wanted to share on the podcast. This is a story from June of 2015. I'm reading this from Stereo Gum. And the headline is Smash Mouth Singer Freaks Out When Food Fest Crowd Won't Stop Throwing Bread at Him. Last night, 90s ska pop warrior Smash Mouth played Taste of Fort Collins, a food festival in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay, first of all, whoever wrote this uh, doesn't know what ska is, so, okay. Uh, at the festival, some vendors were giving away free loaves of bread, which meant that there were a lot of drunk people in the crowd armed with bread. <laughs> During Smash Mouth's set... Some of those drunk people started, uh, or were throwing pieces of bread in the air. And some of those pieces of bread landed on stage. 
This caused Smash Mouth frontman Steve Harwell to freak the fuck out, going off on the crowd for three minutes straight and threatening to go out in the crowd and beat people up. <laughs> Did he have a gluten intolerance? A security guard had to hold Harwell back, and he left stage before the encore. All this happened amazingly while the rest of the band was attempting to play All-Star. <laughs> Here, uh, here is what he shouted at the crowd, and I want to apologize to my parents, uh, all of my grandparents who have passed away, and to the uh, members of uh, the church I belong to for the following language. Of course, I am quoting the late Steve Harwell. Uh, these are not my own words. However, however, I don't know if I was on stage performing that I would react any differently if bread was being thrown at me. I guess it depends on what kind of bread it is. All right. <clears throat> to quote Steve Harwell, rest in power. You throw one more piece of shit on fucking stage. I'm going to come find your ass. I'm going to beat your ass, whoever the fuck you are out there. You want to be a badass? Come up here. Come on. Come be a badass up here. Come on, come on stage. Come on stage, badass. Come on, come on stage. You bring your ass on stage, whoever's throwing shit at me. I'm going to tell you right now, I will beat the fuck out of you, okay? You're a pussy punk bitch, okay? You're ruining the show for thousands of people right now because I'm going to walk off stage, and guess what? You're paying for it, motherfucker, okay? Come on, somebody throw one more thing at me right now. I'm going to find you. So at this point, security is restraining Mr. Harwell. If you're a man and you throw something at me right now, I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to beat the fucking shit out of you. You little pussy bitches. Little pussy bitches. Our hearts go out to the entire Harwell family. And now, all that bread talk kind of makes me want to list the top 11 sandwiches of all time. Number 11, the Arby's roast beef sandwich. Number 10, the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit from Bojangles. Number 9, an Italian hoagie. Number 8, the spicy chicken sandwich. Number 7, the steak and egg bagel from McDonald's. Number six, a bon me. Number five, the Philly cheesesteak. Number four, a pastrami and Swiss on rye. Number three, the Mexican torta. Number two, a cheeseburger. And the number one best sandwich of all time, a club sandwich. I know for a lot of you, the only reason you've ever listened to this podcast is in hopes that I would list the 11 best sandwiches available to the general public. So there you go. I finally have given you the only list you're ever going to need of great sandwiches, the top sandwiches, you might say. And I do hope you will stick around. 
uh, and continue listening to the podcast. But if that's what you were waiting for, you're welcome. Let's read some listener mail. Right, here's an email from listener Greg. Hey, we haven't heard from listener Greg in a while. I believe he wrote to me back in episode 16. He had some uh, some of his favorite jokes for children. And that didn't quite work out. <laughs> but I uh, always like to hear from listener Greg. I like to hear from all my listeners. The, uh, the email address to reach out to the show is giantpengypodcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. There's a lot of topics out there uh, that I've thrown out there over, you know, these 32 episodes. You can respond to any of those topics. You can respond to none of them. You can just write something completely new and out of the out of the blue. Uh, it's fine. Comment on something from the show. Maybe you got a story to tell. Whatever you want to do, send it to giantpengypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I've got a couple emails uh, that I want to you know, share with everyone, but we're just going to do listener Greg's today and get to this other series of emails I received recently. It deserves a little bit more time than we have. Uh, so listener Greg, uh, asks, Oh, so he's, Oh, so this is uh, regarding, uh, our last episode regarding episode 31 is the subject line. It says, would you have sex with the Momo sculpture? Well, listen, (laughs) Oh boy. Well, it's good to see that listener Greg has not changed. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Would you have sex with the Momo sculpture? Uh, we talked about Momo in the last episode. If you don't know what, uh, what Greg is talking about, Momo is a, uh, is a, is, it was a sculpture made by a Japanese artist and, and, uh, what it depicts is it is a, uh, it is a, a bird woman. It is a it's a bird body with very uh, voluptuous, exposed uh, breasts, and then it's got a, a woman's face, a woman's head, at the end of a uh, at the end of a long neck, and um, the sculpture itself is called Mother Bird, but it became known as Momo because of this Momo challenge hoax that took the world by storm for a week or two. Uh, but it's a, it's a very disturbing statue. I mentioned in the last episode that it's, it's hideous. It's, it's the kind of thing you don't want to look at. And yet I'm drawn to, drawn to it, um, drawn to look at it. (laughs) I don't want, listener Greg clearly took my statement that I was drawn to it, uh, possibly in the wrong way, but that, that would explain why he's asking this question. Would you have sex with the Momo sculpture? And then he adds, if no, what sculpture, if any, would you have sex with? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Love the show, Greg. Okay, well, Greg, <laughs> boy, as I've said, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not that kind of show. That, we've talked about some very racy topics, uh, but it's really, it's not that kind of show. What What this, your question would fit in more if we did something like, giant electric penguin after dark. So, uh, so I, you know, if, if I ever decide to do giant electric penguin after dark, where maybe we touch on some more, I don't know, uh, 
racier topics, uh, more taboo subject matter, um, perhaps I'll answer your question. But uh, as far as uh, this episode goes, uh, we're done. This was, this was episode 32 of Giant Electric Penguin. Thanks for listening. Again, uh, our, our, our hearts go out to the Harwell family. Uh, good on good on uh, Jimmy Buffett's dogs for making the rounds. You know, those, uh, those emotional support animals, they're out there uh, making life tolerable for us human beings. And it seems like, um, it seems like Jimmy Buffett's dogs are, uh, are some of the best out there visiting with families of lost uh, musicians. Uh, that's the show. Write to me at giantpengypodcast at gmail.com or visit giantpengypodcast at Instagram. I've turned into a robot. <laughs> I don't know what all that was. Anyway, this was Giant Electric Penguin. My name is Matt. And as always, thank you for listening to podcasts. Welcome to Giant Electric Penguin After Dark. And now your host, Matt. All right, welcome in. Welcome in to uh, the very first edition of Giant Electric Penguin After Dark. This is, uh, you know, this is a uh, a version of the show where we can get a little, uh, I don't know, we can can dive into topics that are a little less... uh, Less family oriented, uh, maybe maybe a little maybe a little sexy, a little dangerous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I like to think of the regular show as uh, like like R rated, like it's an R rated show. Like maybe you shouldn't let your kids listen to it, but if you're in the same room, uh, this would be more of say a hard R or an NC seventeen. So maybe maybe send the preteens out of the room. Look, this is Giant Electric Penguin After Dark, and as promised. Since I'm doing an After Dark, I will answer listener Greg's question from the regular show. I don't know if you heard our regular show this week, but listener Greg, one of our favorite listeners, wrote in with the question, would you have sex with the Momo sculpture? If no, what sculpture, if any, would you have sex with? Now, at the risk of sounding like a goody two-shoes, which there's no room for that on Giant Electric Penguin After Dark, I understand, but if I can just step back a little bit. I'm happily married, happily married uh for for 16 years uh to my beautiful wife and uh, there is there is uh I have no uh intention, I have no uh desire to uh, ever cheat on on my wife with anyone. Uh, especially not a sculpture of a weird Japanese bird lady. But, you know, if if I if I came into this with that mindset, uh what I mean, the show would be over. This would be the end. I'd be saying thank you for listening to Giant Electric Penguin After Dark. We'll see you next time for more uh, saucy content. I mean, where was the saucy content? The Goody Two Shoes got on and said, uh, "I'm married. I wouldn't have sex with a statue." <laughs> and then he left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve Harwell would call me a punk pussy and and throw a bread in my face if you heard that kind of bullshit. So, uh, so when I answer this question, we're, we're going to, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to like go back in time and this will be me when I was, uh, when I was a young single man, uh, I had a little bit more hair, not a lot more hair, uh, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't married 
and, and, and devoted to my beautiful wife of 16 years. So this is me. I'm a hot, a hot dude out on the prowl. So Greg's original question is, would you have sex with the Momo sculpture? And my answer to that is probably not. Um, maybe that makes me shallow. <laughs> I, I can't get past the fact that Momo's body is that of a plucked chicken. Momo is not the most attractive, but you know what? Maybe she's got a great personality. And that that sounds kind of annoying, but you know, personality can go a very long way. But I feel like I feel like you have to be physically attracted to someone to consider uh, having sex or or making love to them, getting into a relationship, uh, uh, an intimate relationship with them. I know that's not popular. A lot of people want to just uh, raise uh, raise that body count, uh, but uh, that's not my style. Not even the old, uh, not even the Matt uh, who we who we're going back to the back in time Matt with the, with a little bit more hair, single Matt. Uh, that was not his style either. It wasn't. Um, it was not uh, quantity over quality. I think that's kind of gross. I think if you're a guy like that, we're not going to get along. Uh, I think maybe a guy like that would go, hmm, well, I've been out at the bar all night and it's emptying out. I haven't found a, haven't found anybody to take home. And uh, boy, I'd really, I'd really like to, uh, I'd really like to um, satisfy my carnal urges. Uh, but there's, well, oh, hang on, who's that? Bird lady sitting at the end of the bar. <laughs> and Momo would look over at this individual, this bro, this bruh, and go, because that's, a, I imagine that's how Momo sounds. Especially at this point, she's, uh, we learned last week, she's rotting in a, rotting in a landfill in Japan. But uh, she, she twists her grotesque neck over and looks at it and like, and uh, bro's like, let's go. <laughs> might uh, might double bag it tonight, if you know what I mean. I'm sorry. Uh, this is after dark. You were warned up top. Things are a little, little uh, racy. But uh, listener Greg asked if there, uh, if no, are there any sculptures I would have sex with? And I was like, well, I don't really know a lot of sculptures off of the uh, top of my uh, top of my head. So what I did was I went to timeout.com because they were kind enough to provide a list of the top famous sculptures of all time. And I believe they presented 26 top famous sculptures of all time. So that's what we're going to do on this very first episode of Giant Electric Penguin After Dark. We're going to look at the top 26 famous sculptures of all time, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you whether or not I would uh, have intimate relations with these statues. <laughs> this feels like we've turned a corner, and there's, <laughs> there's no coming back from it. Let's, let's get into it. The first statue on this list is Venus of Willendorf. Of course, this statue... Or sculpture, I'm sorry, not statue. I guess there's a difference. I, you know, I, in, in prepping this, <laughs> this, very, this very intellectual segment, uh, in prepping this, I, I at first looked at a, a, um, a list of like 12 famous statues, and they were all gigantic. <laughs> like one of, one, of the, one of the top famous statues included in the list I found was, was the Sphinx. 
And I, I was like, even if my answer was yes, I would have sex with the Sphinx in Egypt. Uh, how, how would I even accomplish that? And I guess that's the question we could ask even for these sculptures. Uh, how would one accomplish? What are, what are we what are we doing? <laughs> Why are we doing this? Like, are we are we taking the statue as it exists and are we modifying it so that it could be penetrated? We're essentially, you know, pleasuring ourselves with said sculpture. Is that it? Or is this the sculpture has um, like like a night at the museum situation? The sculpture is is um, sentient, 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 and it um, it gives consent, and the statue is is now is not or the sculpture, sorry, is now um, it's not rock hard stone. It's fleshy. It's now it's now kind of human. It's human in a way. And uh, it's given its consent, and it also desires uh, penetrative intercourse with me. Uh, is that the situation, uh, or are we, or have I become a uh, a statue as well? And we, and I, I don't want to. So what, one, I, I took the first option out completely. I'm not turning statues into fleshlights. Scenario three, where we're both. Um, sculptures, hard rock sculptures. I feel like we're banging, we're banging into each other. Cause maybe there's a spark, maybe a fire starts. You got a, you got a fire situation, and I don't want that either. So in this scenario, me and the statue are both are both humans, uh, or you know, yeah, we're we're or at least you know whatever the statues we look at are, you know, they're they're sentient beings able to give consent. And uh, so it's 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 a little less creepy, I think, if we go uh, the second way. It's it's still not not a great idea for a podcast segment. <laughs> but you know, when you're when the when you got to put an episode up, <laughs> you're running out of time. <laughs> Thank God for listeners like Greg. You go, oh, fantastic! This is uh, weird as hell, but he's he saved my ass this week. All right, so Venus of Willendorf. This, of course, was um, made in, uh, or made, or I, I don't know. It's from the, somewhere between 28,000 and 25,000 BC. But if you don't know Venus of Willendorf, it, um, well, let's read what this uh, timeout says about it. Uh, the Ur sculpture of art history, this tiny figurine measuring just over four inches in height, was discovered in Austria in 1908. Nobody knows what function it served. But guesswork has ranged from fertility goddess to masturbation aid. Okay. Some scholars suggest it may have been a self-portrait made by a woman. It's the most famous of many such objects dating from the Old Stone Age. And you've probably seen Venus of Willendorf. It is a statue of a very voluptuous woman. A very uh, the heaving bosoms. Uh, of, of an, ample, an ample backside. A nice kind of curved soft belly. And uh, some... some rather uh, thick thighs uh, and uh, and then I, either a weird either a weird hairstyle or she has a basket <laughs> over her head uh, there's been a comical moment in the in the barn and a basket has fallen a, on her head uh, this the Venus of Willendorf uh, at least body type uh, is right up my alley so would I make sweet love to Venus of Willendorf 
Yes. And I like to imagine I, I would be the size of a Smurf or maybe one of the Littles or uh, a Snork. <laughs> so Venus of Willendorf, the answer is yes, my friend. That is a statue I would love to take home to meet my parents because every, <laughs> every sex partner I need to introduce to my parents first. <laughs> Number two, the bust of Nefertiti from 1345 BC. It's the head of Nefertiti. Even though this is, uh, even though this is uh, Giant Electric Penguin after dark, I feel very uncomfortable uh, answering the question, would I uh, have relations with the bust of Nefertiti, considering she is only a head? I feel like I shouldn't answer this question, and I won't. I refuse to do it. <laughs> All right, well, now we have the terracotta. <laughs> the terracotta army, 210-209 BC. Discovered in 1974, the terracotta army is an enormous cache of clay statues buried in three massive pits near the tomb of Shi Huang the first emperor of China who died in 210 BC, meant to protect him in the afterlife, the army is believed by some estimates to number more than 8,000 soldiers, along with 670 horses and 130 chariots. Each is life-size, though actual height varies according to military rank. All right. Remember, we're coming at this from concept number two. So, there's 670 horses? No, I'm not having... Any sex with any animals. So that's right out. The chariots, also not doing that. I know there are people who have um, relationships and and in those relationships uh, have sex with um, vehicles, cars, and things like that. I was listening to an old Howard Stern this week, uh, and they were talking about a documentary about a man who had several lovers that were automobiles. In fact, his first... His first automobile lover ever with it was his neighbor's <laughs> was his neighbor's uh, a VW Bug, which that was weird. <laughs> Imagine like him going over and like saying like, uh, "Sir, may I have your VW Bug's hand in marriage?" And the guy going like, "No." Anyway, the Terracotta Army—that's sort of like a. <laughs> if you think about it, it would sort of be a gangbang situation, don't you think? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to be gangbanged by the terracotta army. I'm sorry. I'm just not prepared for that. Let's skip ahead to number five. Michelangelo's David. Uh, this is one of the most iconic works in all of art history, according to Time Out. And uh, you, you got to admit, you look at David and you go, that's a, it's a very, very handsome man. He's got, he's got great abs, just a great body. Uh, full full bush of, of, of rock-hard pubes. <laughs> and uh, there he is with his balls and everything. And uh, the, the statue of David? Absolutely. Would absolutely uh, make sweet love to David. Uh, he, he's tall, though. Uh, that might be a little, little frightening. He does weigh six tons as well. <laughs> All right. Gian Lorenzo Bernini's Ecstasy of St. Teresa. Well, St. Teresa in here, look, it, it, this statue is of, uh, 
it appears to be two people already engaged in some sort of, <laughs> uh, a sexual situation. So I'm going to let them just, they're already, they're already in the middle of something. Going to let them continue doing it. I'm not going to get involved. Threesomes can bring a whole lot of heartache. Um, and so I, I don't want to get in between whatever's happening, whatever's happening here already. Uh, next we have number seven, Perseus with the head of Medusa. Again, Perseus, hell of a body, great package. And, uh, Look, he's 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 committed a heroic act. He's 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 killed Medusa, the the monster that can turn you to stone if you look in her face. And uh, I think it's only fair to uh, reward Perseus with some sort of uh, hand or blow job. <laughs> All right, Edgar Degas, the little fourteen-year-old dancer, moving right along. Yayoi Kusama's Accumulation Number One from 1962. Well, let's read about this one. A Japanese artist who works in multiple mediums, Kusama came to New York in 1957, returning to Japan in 1972. In the interim, she established herself as a major figure of the downtown scene, one whose art touched many bases, including pop art, minimalism, and performance art. As a woman artist who often referred to female sexuality, she was also a precursor of feminist art. Kusama's work is often characterized by hallucinogenic patterns and repetitions of forms, a proclivity rooted in certain psychological conditions, hallucinations, OCD, she suffered since childhood. All of these aspects of Kusama's art and life are reflected in this work, in which an ordinary upholstered easy chair is unnervingly subsumed by a plague-like outbreak of phallic protuberances made of sewn stuffed fabric and the moment i looked at this i thought if this was soft and fleshy it would be super fun to roll around on let's skip to louise bourgeois spider from 1996 this is a well, let's read about it. The French-born artist's signature work, Spider, was created in the mid-1990s when uh, Bourgeois Bourgeoise was already in her 80s. Wow, that's actually kind of cool. I feel bad uh, having it in this segment where I'm going to say whether or not I'd have sex with it. Because <laughs> that's pretty impressive that a woman in her 80s made this thing. It's huge. It's uh, it's it's what you think. It's a spider. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of cool and it's got these cool legs and stuff. You should look it up. Uh, it's really neat. Um, I keep losing it. It exists in numerous versions of varying scale, okay, including some that are monumental. Spider is meant as a tribute to the artist's mother, a tapestry restorer, hence the allusion to the arachnid's propensity for spinning webs. Well, that's just kind of cool. I never knew that existed. And since it's a tribute to her mom, I'm going to respect that, and I am not, I repeat, not uh, going to have sex with this spider. It's, it's uh, really neat, though. It's really, really cool. Anthony Gormley uh, made a made a, uh, a sculpture called the Angel of the North, uh, 1998. Uh, he, uh, Anthony Gormley is one of the most celebrated, or Anthony Gormley, sorry, is one of the most celebrated contemporary sculptors in the UK. This is a pretty cool. This is a pretty uh, cool, but also pretty big uh, sculpture as well. It's a uh, Let's see, it soars to 66 feet in height and spans 
177 feet in width from wingtip to wingtip. It's like a winged, it's like a winged figure. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'm good enough for this sculpture. I feel like, I feel like this, I would say like, hey, do you think maybe we can get together sometime? And the sculpture would be like, sorry, it, it takes, it takes, uh, it takes more than what you got to satisfy me, uh, pal. And then, uh, and then it flies away <laughs> as I cry. So, uh, I just don't think I'm good enough for the Angel of the North. I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not arrogant enough to think that the Angel of the North would give a shit about me. So, I'm just gonna save myself the tears and the pain and just be like, no, I'm not, I'm just gonna, just, I'm not even gonna ask if, if it'll have sex with me. Well, everyone loves Cloudgate, of course, Anish Kapoor's Cloudgate. It's also known as The Bean by people in Chicago, by those, <laughs> by those Philistines in Chicago. Um, it's that, you know, it's that reflective, uh, reflective, uh, bean shaped thing that whenever someone goes to Chicago, uh, they're like, Hey, I saw this. And you get to see a picture of them in front of it and everybody does it. It's mm, whatever. So, um, I don't know. I wonder if there's anybody who's ever gone up there and slapped their, uh, penis or their, uh, vagina against the bean. I bet, I bet they have. So I think the bean's been around, uh, around the block a few times. <laughs> And that's not a judgment of the bean. People love uh, the bean. They love it. They love to they love to feel it up and and make love to it. So I'm just gonna say I you know I have no problem with someone who has had more partners than me. I don't feel like I'm less than or not as experienced. Uh, but you know it just you know probably the bean. I would think of the beans past. The bean was a real like partier, and I really wasn't. And I think that's cool. I just don't think we'd get along. So no, I'm not going to have sex with the bean. All right. That's enough of Giant Electric Penguin After Dark. Uh, listener Greg, come on. Let's stop stop giving me these terrible things to talk about. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks for listening to the episode. Uh, it was It was a fun one to make, and it's embarrassing as hell. Bye.